Welcome to Salt Force One, a podcast where we talk all things Navy, military, and other global happenings. I am your Commander-in-Chief, Frank. I'm Jimmy, otherwise known as the Salty Millennial. Why don't you tell us who we got today? All right, so in my ongoing quest to get fired from the military... <laughs> That's uh, my quest. <laughs> <laughs> or to me supporting you and in, in getting me fired, we brought on a reporter. Uh, so we have uh, Russ Reed from the uh, Washington Examiner. Russ, can you hear us? I can. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, well, welcome. Uh, welcome to Salt Force One. Welcome aboard, I guess I should say. Um, esteemed guest, and we're happy to have you. Um, so for our listeners, uh, all, all seven of them, a little mm-hmm. background on, on Russ. Uh, he's, as we mentioned, he's with the Washington Examiner now. Uh, previously, he's been with the Daily Caller, uh, editor-in-chief and founder of the Parabellum Report. What is that? Yeah, tell us about the yeah. Parabellum Report. Well, that was my attempt at going off on my own and doing a website. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out, but, you know, it was, uh, it was a good run while it lasted. Yeah, well, not three, every three years. Not everything can be the Salty Herald, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So we're, we're going on about six months of the Salty Herald, so if it lasts three years, uh, I will be shocked. It will take over the world. And we'll be happy to bring you on as a, as a correspondent. <laughs> So, uh, after Parabellum Report, uh, the Wonk Report, is that a real thing, or, or is that just a, a reference to something else? No, no, that was, that was a, uh, a, a, I guess, a colleague's uh, venture, where uh, they found me um, writing some op-eds at the time, and it was just a, guy's, a bunch of guys trying to start up a DC-based publication with a bunch of guys who like to talk too much, and so... Uh, they brought me on there to, for some reason to give my opinion on things. So that was, yeah. it was a good run. That was a lot of fun. Well, uh, beyond what Jimmy was just rattling through, I mean, how to, how'd you end up with the Washington Examiner? Oh, man. That's a that's a great uh, little quest there. I, I guess to really answer, though, I have to go back and um, to like my, my roots, actually. When uh, you like the, the way back machine sounds. <laughs> I was born as a small child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, Let's you know, do it. it. It's, it's funny. I, I've always been really interested in um, international affairs, defense, national security, stuff like that. I mean, I think any kid who was, uh, you know, a child during the 9-11 era, that, mm. that really, you know, has an impact on you growing up. And so I kind of wanted to understand more about the world and, you know, why things like that were happening. And so I actually ended up getting a master's degree in international security and economics. And then I um, went on to... Um, Oh, I'm sorry, global economics and national security, I should say. Um, so I went on and, and I was like any other kid, desperate to come to D.C. and find a job. Um, and ended up just kind of doing some odd jobs, everything from being a government private uh, government investigator to uh, working at a think tank. Uh, did a lot of a lot of stuff before I landed on my feet and uh, tried my hand at journalism. Were you in the the DC kind of area of orbit? Uh, the was the gravitational pull. You know what I mean? Like there's a like how close were you to DC? Because I know what you mean. I I went to high school in Northern Virginia, and there's a distinct pull for for people graduating from high school there to get closer to DC. Were you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I was. I actually got my master's degree at Boston University. Okay. I, I don't know why a kid would want to get his international affairs degree at a, at a school in Boston, but yeah, I mean, everybody ends up coming back here. You know, anyone who wants to work in political science, uh, media, uh, anything with national security, I mean, this is just where it is, you know, and, and for better or for worse, that's the case. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I came here with not a whole lot, to be honest with you, I was living out of a hotel for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good run, you know, so well, it, it was it, a lot of fun. And you use the word kid. How old were you when 9-11 happened? Oh, geez. I was 13, I want to say. Uh, yeah. Whippersnapper. Okay, so this is interesting. So, do you consider yourself a millennial? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I okay. think, You're, I, yeah, I'm I think... 31 now, so I guess I'm smack dab right in the middle. Okay, because I, I, I consider myself a millennial well, at the ragged edge. We are. Uh, I mean, by, by definition, we're both millennials, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I graduated in the year 2000. I'm so I'm I'm I mean, by by definitions, I'm pretty pretty old for a millennial. Yeah, we're the... but since I created a character around the damn thing, I kind of <laughs> have to stick with it. It, it backs up statistically. Yeah, yeah so like you look 81, at it. 82, But I get in like a lot of fights, and people tell me that I'm not a millennial, and like my peers or they get angry with me. Well, actually, uh, when I was in Kansas City this past week, uh, one of the managers on the ground there, he's like, "Oh, I thought millennials are teenagers right now." I'm like, "No, that's yeah. Gen Z or something." There's, <laughs> it's funny because it's just it's it's perpetual, right? It's no matter what, people are going to continue to, to use that. It's 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 like they're just complaining about the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So it's like 
They keep getting older. What's the? What's the? <laughs> they keep getting older. No, I, I keep, keep getting, getting older. older. They stay the same age. So you know, it's a they're they're going to complain about millennials no matter how old. we're going to be in our we're going to be freaking octogenarians in the retired retirement homes. And it's the be, socially acceptable way of going. These damn kids. Yeah, yeah. Somehow millennials got like like permanently enshrined into this place of of the late the lazy yeah the, the the lazy entitled generation. And we are lazy and entitled. I'm not even going to argue that. But, Shut uh, up and give me things. You know, they got guys like Russ out there that's trying to make a living and, uh, you know, do good things in the world. Uh, so I appreciate it. I mean, know, I, not like me joining the military, you know, like a true American. Yeah, fuck you. You know, that's all, I'm, you know serving my country, you know, the, the, the few, the proud. Oh, wait, that's the Marines. I was still no, pretty half cocked the morning of 9 11. Like, I was like, I got to get a class. I don't care what's going on with these buildings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 18. You know, I was just talking to a friend about 9-11, and he was in ROTC, but he was prior enlisted, so he was a sailor, you know, out at sea, and then he got a commissioning program, so he's in college when 9-11 happened, yeah. and he and his buddies went to the the Marine Corps major that was in charge of them at the time, you know, ROTC program, yeah. and was like, hey, we want to drop our commissioning, drop our commission, drop out of ROTC, and go back to a ship. Like, we want to yeah. get back out there. Yeah. And he was basically like, fuck you guys. Get, get back <laughs> to class. <laughs> well, I mean, even, like, I mean, just as an 18-year-old male at that time, like, everybody, you know, like, I mean, I was hanging out with only ne'er-do-wells and, and stuff like that, but all the males were just like, I kind of feel like we got to go kill some bad guys. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, okay, so Russ, so you, um, you, you, you joined the fray in DC, uh, and eventually you found yourself at the, uh, Washington Examiner, and now you're covering the military. You got the, the military. Yeah, that's so, right, military national security. Okay. Are you, like, do you, are you kind of, like, embedded at the Pentagon, or do you work in, like, and you just go there for, uh, press conferences whenever they happen, like, once a year? Yeah, well, so I'm actually very lucky. Uh, I, I actually work with, um, one other guy who's a brilliant, brilliant writer is named Jamie McIntyre, uh, a okay. really old hand in the uh, in the national security world. He's been at the Pentagon for like I want to say almost two decades. Nice. And so he covers most of the Pentagon. In fact, he's been there so long that he was reporting from the Pentagon during 9/11. Oh, so, okay. Uh, to wrap a bow on everything we were just saying, he, he's he's kind of our Pentagon guy. Now, back in my prior uh, jobs, I actually have been there. I was a credentialed press correspondent um, for, at the Pentagon Press Corps, so I was there quite often. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really interesting. It's a totally uh, different environment when you're a journalist. Uh, it's you know it's the Pentagon, so things are you know very uh, cookie cutter. Everything you know, kind of its way that it is. You know, very typical military right. bureaucracy. Kind of yeah, bureaucratic. Uh, yeah, very much so. And so I actually now do not do as much as the Pentagon. Um, I'm mostly on the Hill, uh, covering the big committees there and, uh, you know, running around town speaking to folks at, you know, whatever events I can go to. Anytime one of the, you know, the big, the uh, big top brass guys are doing something public, I'm usually there. So. Okay. Uh, I, I prefer it that way, to be honest with you, because man, there's like there's not even any windows in the Pentagon press corps uh, at the Pentagon, so it's yeah, kind of nice to be uh, on my feet running around, you know. Yeah, no kidding. So if so, if one of one of our admirals or generals goes and gives testimony in front of Congress, then is that something you would cover? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I I'm usually uh, probably there in the back row. If any of your listeners are watching these things, that I'm usually there. In okay, well, we're gonna have to start taking still frames and creating memes. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. Hearing. What we need is a salty salute, <laughs> but something that's not. Uh, do your work, guys. Do your work. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll figure it out, and then uh, we we'll have to uh, give us uh, give us a little shout out from the back row. Yeah, we need to do the the Superman S on the chest. You Ooh, know, nice. Yeah, we'll throw that up. Uh, is there a, like you know how they used to do the the blood the thing. blood thing, thing with you your fingers with, you yeah. can do with the s See that? these are up. these are literally gang symbols i mean it's a gang symbol yeah but yeah. It, could, it could work for us so russ i hope you're okay with that yeah uh, just throw up gang symbols it's fine oh yeah it's all good <laughs> <laughs> it was a good job while it lasted um so okay one of the things that we wanted to talk about was in relation to your, your current job and it, it i kind of i kind of alluded to it earlier that the uh, Pentagon press conferences, and, and there haven't been too many of them recently. I think in the past month or so, there's been there's been few a few because of the the ongoing uh, crisis with Iran. But before that, I think it was over a year before 
there was a, a single Pentagon press conference. In fact, Gene Simmons from KISS uh, was at the podium, and, and there was a big story because he was just doing a photo op, and it was like the first time somebody had been at the podium at the <laughs> um, for a Pentagon press conference. And so um, I wanted to, we, we kind of just wanted to get your take on what the current relationship is like between like the DC media and... And the military and the Pentagon. I mean, you know, you hear about, you see uh, on Twitter, you know, this and that. But just from your perspective, um, how how are we doing? You know, in, in terms of uh, relationship with the media. And then, you know, is there something? Are there are things that we could do better from like DOD. And then, are there things that you think the media could do differently to engage DOD? And yeah, I'm just just curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually glad you asked that question from both sides because I often, I often, often hear amongst my colleagues uh, about how much the Pentagon is doing wrong, um, or allegedly uh, doing wrong, and I don't really hear as much about what we as reporters and journalists could be doing better. Uh, and I think actually there's a lot that we could be doing better. Uh, you know, not to throw shade on my own industry here, but do it. Uh, yeah, you're on. You're you know, on the record. With, <laughs> well, you know, with, with journalism, uh, you know, the, the job is to find the story. It, it's not necessarily to make the story come to you. So okay, yeah. we're not at a, we're not at a lack for news, uh, coming out of the military or the DOD. I think that where the frustration lies is that there used to be a pretty, uh, regular amount of Pentagon briefings. I think when I started under the Obama administration, we probably had one every week or so, and then things really started ramping up during the ISIS campaign, and we were getting, I think almost every Tuesday, I was at the Pentagon getting a, you know, hour-long briefing from, uh, I guess, I don't remember who was in command of OIR at the time, but he, he would be on, or at least the second in command would be there, or at least, uh, you know, the, the chief PAO, uh, uh, public affairs officer for, for those who don't know. Um, and, and some so, of my I mean, favorite it was people. an awesome... I'm sorry? Some, some of my favorite people. They love Jimmy, too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure that... Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting because I loved it, getting the regular updates on the ISIS fight, because you could get actual, like, day-to-day sort of uh, updates on what was going on in the front line. So it was a lot of fun as a journalist. You didn't even have to necessarily be there to really get a, a really granular understanding of what was going on on the ground. Now, I mean, it's no secret under the current administration that is not happening anymore. You absolutely were right that there hasn't been a full briefing, I think, in over a year. That being said, there isn't like there isn't any contact with the Pentagon, right? Like there is an entire fleet of, of PAOs who, who handle every single issue under the sun. I mean, for example, I was there at the Pentagon two weeks ago getting a, you know, exclusive interview with David Bellavia, who just won the Medal of Honor, and that was at the Pentagon, and they brought all of his battle buddies on, and it was really excellent, you know, opportunity for for us to kind of tell his story. Uh, You know, there's been other times I've been there where they've given brief updates. You know, they had Gerard Butler, I think, when that one new movie came out a few months ago. Oh, I do uh, remember yeah. that happened. Hunter Killer, yeah. And they, they really, they would yeah. put him front and center. I remember a bunch of my buddies got to meet him and do photo nice. with him, yeah. And yeah, I, I, so I saw the just, movie, it wasn't bad. Doing stuff, I mean, but, you know, I, I think, obviously, it would be nice to, for, I think for most of the press corps, they would like to have that regular update. And, you know, at the very least, give us kind of something... Uh, on our operations that are going on specifically in the Middle East. Yeah, you know, a lot I mean, of people it's, are forgetting that's ongoing right now. It's so dynamic, and there's always something new, and there's some new angle. How much? It's yeah. worldwide, too. It's not just, you know, Middle East is just one part of it. Do you think, um, I mean, do you think the, the fewer interactions with the, the press at a press conference level has to do with, uh, you know, the fake news kind of the thing, the, the obvious uh, distrust that the administration has with uh, media in general? Honestly, man, I, I wouldn't know. I, I, I wish I could have an answer for you, but uh, as, as far as I know, you know, with the, the way that the information gets handed down in the Pentagon, it's it's very formulaic, and it's you know, rarely they they think about every word that they put into everything they do. I hope so. So there's really not been any hint that I can pick up on uh, one way or the other. 
Um, honestly, I, I think, you know, administrations come and go and they, they handle the press differently. I, I honestly could not tell you if it's just because of the distrust. That things are totally different beats at the Pentagon, you know, even some things stay the same, some, some things are randomly different, but... Does McIntyre uh, have yeah. any feedback? I mean, has he given his thoughts on it? He probably has a pretty good perspective, you know, from... Uh, he he does, because he's been there for so long. Uh, you know, honestly, I haven't talked to him a lot about it. You know, it's it's yeah. not something that uh, I kind of like to dwell on, because... Yeah. It's not scuttlebutt that's kind of people murmuring about it's, or anything? Exactly. Well, bonus and, and, points and, and, to know, Frank for the uh, nautical jargon there. <laughs> scuttlebutt. <laughs> yeah, you know, we... we I have to build relationships with these people, you know, and, and a lot of these folks, the, the PAOs who are, who are working every day, they're just regular bureaucrats, and, and some of them are, you know, just 05s, 04s, who are just trying to do their job, and, you know, it's interesting because it, it, they're just doing what they're told, right? And, yeah. and I have to build relationships with them that are going to last beyond, uh, you know, whatever's going on right now. So it, yeah. it's, a, it's definitely a different dynamic, but I, I don't really know if the... Um, the criticism is, is too fair, to be honest. Well, I mean, I think it's it's probably fair. Just it should be both ways. I mean, there it's a dynamic, like you said, that it's a relationship that you have to maintain, and they have to maintain, and and it's all for a common purpose um, to inform the American public. And I think we all kind of sh- we we share. That's like the if there's a Venn diagram, and I think that's where our interests overlap. You obviously have a different interest in the story than the the DoD does, right. but. You know, we all have a common purpose of trying to better inform the American people of what's going on for a, for a particular reason, or maybe it's various reasons or, you know, this and that. But I don't think anybody likes this notion of, uh, of, of, the, of DOD trying to, like, be more secretive or, like, ice out the American public. Well, and this is something you I, and which I, I don't think is going on. No, I don't. And this is something you and I were kind of talking about uh, briefly when we talked about Russ coming on, is that, you know... I, I'm this weird uh, hawkish libertarian type. So on the one hand, I like I want the our government, our military, our government entities to be held accountable. I want to know everything they're doing all the time. Um, but you know, right now I I do have this. You know, I, I guess I share with the majority opinion of uh, the U.S. where where I do have a bit of a distrust of the media, and I don't I don't always feel like they're asking honest questions and part of me goes well, all right well just don't ask any questions if you're going to be dishonest or don't take any questions if you're just going to be fielding dishonest ones you know well i think the, the the so trump has had a polarizing effect and and, and right. I, I, that's that's that in itself is a polarizing statement but let's just, let's just I, mean, I don't know if that is a polarizing statement maybe not maybe not <laughs> but let's explore it for a second right because like you said so many questions coming from from the media like it, it you can almost tell right away from the question where the outlet's angle right know, lies right you know and it's like uh, is it is it fair to just ask a, a simple question i don't i mean questions i, don't know if you can. A, I like honest questions like it, it's it's the the problem i have is when you hear a question and before the answer is even given, you're just like, ah, oh, that's a dishonest question. Like yeah. that's not even a question seeking an answer. It's just seeking an, ag- like it's, it's delivering an agenda. So do you see that Russ or is that, is it just us watching from afar? Or is that something that, that uh, comes up in your circles? I think with defense reporting, it's a little different just because Good. the average defense reporter, I think is going to be a little bit more straight and narrow in the way they ask questions. Uh, you know, we don't have as much of the politics. I mean, it's obviously there because it's, you know, the, the Department of Defense is inherently political right. at the top. But, uh, I think a lot of the guys on the press corps are pretty straightforward. You know, a lot of the times when I'm going to these briefings, when they do happen, uh, my question might already get asked by one of my colleagues. Yeah. And a lot of the time we're all kind of chasing the same stuff because you know, like just like the Department of Defense is for for Jimmy, and it's the same way for me in a certain sense because it's all kind of formula, it's bureaucracy. It kind of churns at its own pace, and it doesn't really change a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, I think the one thing I do like about defense reporting is we do have the ability to kind of avoid a lot of the um, the angles and the and the politics that that occur in some of what you guys are talking about. You know, we are able to actually just say. Hey, you know, we, we got an update on what's going on with ISIS. Oh, hey, we just found out that, you know, the Chinese are moving into the Senkakus. I mean, this is all stuff that is fact of the matter, right? So it, it's right. not really uh, something that 
we need to throw an angle on or, or anything like that. Which I, I think they used to call that reporting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, you, you bring up a good point. The, um, the politicization, politicization. Uh, politicization of the military. And, you know, at some point you can't escape it. I mean, it's most of the reporting is pretty straight, like, like you said. But, uh, you know, there are examples that where, you know, oh, like the, the, um, the one where... The McCain? Yeah, the McCain thing is an example. Um, the, uh, even the Truman, but, uh, Russ, the, the quote that I gave you for your story uh, a while back, or, or uh, take the... Uh, well, it refreshed me. What was the story that Russ did that you gave a quote for? Um, or somebody refreshed you, me. It was uh, the USS Truman and the, uh, the comments that the uh, vice president made. Oh, the I'm sorry, the, uh, the comment that the, the master chief made. In introducing the vice president, uh, the, the Sorry, strip club yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you know you can see how, and I don't. I'm not even. I don't even know if it's increasing. Like, that's not maybe not even fair. Like it, it's just, it seems to be becoming more of a story. This and it's particularly with the navy in my mind is. It uh, seems to be mainly the navy. Yeah, with the the McCain and then the Truman and then um, all the shipwrecks. It, well, I mean, we need to stop wrecking ships. Yeah, that would uh, be helpful. Yeah, that's kind of on us. Yeah. Um, but you know. We you, you 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 want to be able to just cover defense, um, but then every once in a while there's a story that, that comes along and you're it, it's inevitable that you have to um, address the political aspect of it. Right. Um, well, because I mean the politics do control some of the um, real things, you know, like that. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. another example is the um, the Fourth of July parade, which. I, I loved. I thought it was great, but there's. I have no idea about this. What happened? Was there something that happened? Oh, well, there's a whole bunch of drama leading up to the fourth in DC. Uh, <laughs> Russ, tell tell us about it from your perspective. No, yeah, I, I literally yeah. know nothing about. Oh, this. okay, you've been out of touch. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's been in KC eating barbecue and. Uh, That's true. I ate so much barbecue. Yeah. It was great. So he was in the heartland, which is probably all the better for him. I saw the Blue Angels uh, practice for an air show. They flew over me, blew their smoke. They're buzzing around downtown KC. It was glorious. It what? was awesome. Wait, when was this? Uh, the 3rd of July. Well, then they must have gone straight to D.C., I think, after that. I, mean, I think there's lots of angels. Yeah, well, must <laughs> no, there's No, 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 there's, there's one team of Blue Angels. I don't know, there's big billboards that are saying, like, the Blue Angels, July yeah, 6th and 7th in Kansas City. Oh, okay, well, on the 4th they were in D.C. Well, that's fine, on the 3rd they were in Casey, and they were glorious. I don't know, maybe I'm confused. They were slaloming. There's... There's, I How many there are there? There was team. at least six that were in the sky. We got to watch them buzz all around. It was awesome. I don't know. I'm showing my ass here. Okay. But, okay. So Russ, ass. tell tell us about the what what your perspective is on the on the DC um, parades for the fourth. Yeah. So I'm, I actually did a bit of uh, reporting on this uh, quite quite a lot from the you know models of the aircraft that were used all the way down to the the debate on it. Um, well, I mean, for anybody who who was paying attention, you know, it's pretty obvious what happened. There was you know the president decided that he wanted to have some military hardware showcase for the, I guess they called it the Salute to America. Oh, Trump's Salute to uh, America thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Salute to America. And so it was. what was really interesting to me, just as a reporter and someone who kind of likes, you know, military hardware and, and military history, um, there was a lot of debate over these two Abrams tanks, specifically. Huh. Um, the idea that we would use tanks uh, for this uh, celebration became kind of like this bizarre focal point, which was really strange because we had a B-2 bomber, S-22, F-35, Marine One. We had the Blue Angels. Yeah. But the we tank two... is excessive. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like with the two Bradley fighting eagles along with the tanks. No one even bothered to mention the Bradleys, by the way. That was really interesting. It's, but, um, it's funny on Twitter no, that people get upset when, they, when uh, people call the Bradleys tanks. Oh, oh that's the best. Yeah, yeah, I was one of those people. I called some people out. I did. No, but it's, it's, you know, it was interesting that the focal point was on the tanks. And I, I think, you know, there was this, uh, it was really strange because, you know, we've obviously had military hardware showcase in political events in the past. You know, a lot of people on Twitter were throwing up, you know, oh, here's, you know, Eisenhower's inauguration with a column of tanks rolling down the road. And Kennedy had missiles. And, you know, there was, there's, there's been plenty of examples in which, uh, 
armor specifically has been showcased in political events. And because wait, uh, it's because parades suck and tanks are fucking awesome. And if you're going to bring your kid to a parade and stand out there for twelve hours, if they can see a couple of tanks or whatever go down, that's yeah. awesome. It's it's like it, air shows happen not all the time, yeah, yeah, but, but they're common shows. enough. But yeah, McDill does, used yeah. to do. They might bring him back. I think they brought him back. No, they have air shows. Yeah, and so the air shows are wonderful. So the same thing. Ground show. Here's a tank. What's I don't yeah or touch a trunk event. I think we're all in violent agreement and not understanding why there's an uproar over tanks. Ugh. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. But but it's the comparison to to uh, the Soviets, right? And I mean, the, oh, of, of many. Oh I mean, I saw that there was a good, you know oh so yeah. a quote from Eisenhower, which I don't I didn't even verify. So maybe Rush can help me. But there was a quote that I saw from Eisenhower that said, you know, we're we're not gonna uh, parade our tanks down uh, to the Capitol because yeah. that would be making us look weak like the Soviets. That's or something. not the Fourth of July. No, I mean I I'm I'm agreeing with you, Ugh, I, Jimmy, you communist. Well, there's no goose stepping, okay. I mean, well, can we all... I, I can agree with no good okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. thank you. Okay. Hey, well, continue, the Russ. Thing, the funny thing is, is that these tanks were were stationary, right? Because like I think there was concerns over them destroying the pavement <laughs> in the city. I yeah. think, that, okay. and so like these tanks were actually stationary hmm. on either side of the Abraham Lincoln Memorial, and um, Did... yeah, you know, it, it ended up being, um, I guess, not as a big problem after the fact. Uh, oh, and by the way, there's yeah, a... yeah, it was yeah, it was interesting. Wait, did kids get to touch them or climb on them or anything, or were they roped off? I actually wasn't there, um, but I know in the past, like, I've been to some of these showcasing events where they get pretty okay with you doing whatever. Yeah. I remember I saw the USS, I saw the USS Wasp in, uh, in 2013 in Boston Harbor, and I mean, the Marines were showing me how to rack a, you know, M249 saw. You nice. know, they let you do whatever you want. Well, that's what I remember. I remember them just being like, <laughs> come on, in climb on this with thing. regulations, in accordance with regulations. Yeah, 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 right, right. But no, but that's like all, every occurrence I've seen is just like, hey, come up here, kid. You want to see inside a tank? It's like, fuck yeah, I want to see inside a tank, yeah. you know? And of course, every child in the world does. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's the 4th of July, you know? Like, what the hell? Yeah, I just wish we could have had more ships involved. <laughs> just cruising down yeah, the street, right? yeah, in the Potomac, in the Potomac River. Yeah, why not? Uh, I mean, there, there are probably some some water depth issues there. I don't know. Real quick, raise one. Okay, we're done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, so we were um, uh, potentially going to be late here recording because the Rays were uh, in a tight battle with the Yankees. I don't know if you're a baseball fan there, Russ, but uh, but we know the Yankees. We, are you are you a, 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 a Nats fan? No, and you know, I went to school at BU, which uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Boston, but it's, it's right across, campus is right across Fenway. Dude, yeah, Red, Red Sox Red fans Red. are the worst people on the fucking planet. <laughs> and I am so enjoying them sucking this year because you guys have enough good sports. I'm tired of it. Well, and they, they've got a good team. Them sucking is ridiculous. No, that's my, even better. It's well, better. My problem is the fans, like the people that support Boston, like Russ here. When they come down to Tampa, <laughs> they literally urinate on everything. No, don't forget everything. about Don't forget about Philly. Philly, no. Philly's pissed. They throw they throw batteries at Santa Claus, but they don't pee <laughs> on the walls of the urinals. No, if you can't stand there without waterfalls of urine, I'm just I don't know. Boston people are. Bad that's people. their that's their they're version. Wor- they're worse than their vegans. Display. They're worse than vegans. Sorry, Boston, you're worse than vegans. Uh, Frank's got a lot of strong opinions. I do. Sorry. Anyway, Russ, we're going to be friends, I guess. <laughs> no, it's well, all good, man. I I am a I'm a bit of a weird beast because I'm a I'm a Red Sox for baseball, don't say Carolina Cowboys. Panthers for football, and uh, <laughs> I don't even bother with the NBA anymore. Yeah, that's tough on the NBA. Panthers, though, we can't support that. Jimmy's here is a dirty goddamn Falcons fan, and I'm a buck. Yeah, so we're we're all in the same division. So we are. We're at odds. That's all right. That's dangerous. It is. All right. Sorry. What were we talking about? I had sidetracked. Uh, um, we were talking about DC and uh, the Fourth of July. And oh yeah. So okay. So there was there was hubbub. Oh, was this the thing you were talking about? The militarization of the Fourth. Is this what you were mentioning before? Well, see, I was talking about the politicization. God, there's too many big words. And okay. Politicization of the military, but we got onto the militarization of the Fourth. And I don't even that's that's a good example of this logic that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, okay, I think yes, there there is an extreme in which you can you, you should, we should not politicize the military, right? Right. Yeah, even yeah. though it's it's led by political leaders, uh, and that's kind of the unique aspect of our republic. But we um, shouldn't have them going out there and be like, I support like, the yeah. <laughs> but inherently, it, it's it's it is inherently political. And you, you can't extract it, but you don't need to, kind of to Russ's point earlier, you don't need to get into the political angle well, that's, of every military story. Well, that's why our, polit- our, our, our military seems to always go like, I support the office of the president. 
So whoever's the sitting president, I support that. And so yeah. I like being, I support the office of president, the commander in chief, and that kind of thing. So it's like Democrat, Republican, whoever wins, still support the office 100%. Yeah. So like as long yeah. as the sitting president is there, 100% support. New yeah. guy comes in, 100% support. I'm an active duty U.S. service member. So of course I support the president. I mean, he's my boss. Um, am I going to have political differences with the president? Yes. I will. With every president, I will have political yeah. differences. It will not. Have, first of all, I won't be publicly criticizing him on a personal level or his policies. Till I hack your Twitter account. Um, no, I mean, okay, so so uh, am I allowed to make fun of the president? I mean, I mean I'll mean, i probably get fired. That's, yeah, I was about to that's, ask. That's Are you allowed to? I honestly don't know. I mean, but uh, can we, should Americans be allowed to make fun of the president? Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, First Amendment. So, I mean, let's, uh, so for example, the, um, the comment he made in his speech, the, oh, uh, about that, yeah, the, the airports, <laughs> you know, yeah. and now all of a sudden it's, uh, it's, you're becoming political if you make fun of that. I mean, that's just a gaffe. It's, it's just like, a straight gaffe. It, it, it was a fuck up. I haven't heard his response since. I, I imagine he might even tease himself about it. Some I mean, point. I don't know if he will or not. It's that's to me, it's, it's, if we get to a point where we can't make fun of a, of a president for saying that and just in, in good, you know, just in good fun, poke fun, yeah, move on. It's fun. It's not representative of his view of the military. Right, it's not right. representative of anything. It's, it's just a mistake. It's just he mentioned the airports and the Revolutionary War. Which didn't happen. Oopsie. To, to exist. Right. Yeah, just whatever. So that, that does not change in any way my support of well, the president of the United States. Well, and also what we don't understand is the time travel programs we have going on at the Pentagon level. So, you know, there might yeah. have been airports at that time. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Russ, you have access. You probably have more access than I do. So. Oh, you need to work on that. <laughs> um, you know, and and uh, you probably, just as much as I do, you probably need, I mean, I'm actually curious. Do you have to be careful about the comments you make in your writing or in, you know, on this conversation about what you say about the president? Is that something that comes to mind or is something you have to be careful of? I'm just curious from a, a reporter's perspective. Um. I, I guess I'm, 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 I like to consider myself a pretty straight news reporter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I try to keep things on the, uh, you know, on the facts. And, you know, obviously any reporter, I think, who's doing their job correctly is going to put in a little bit of analysis, right? Kind of throwing in an explanation or two uh, as to something that, you know, the general public may not be aware of in your story. Sure. But to be honest with you, you know, I, I don't ever... I'm never concerned about something that I say about the president or the administration. I, yeah. I put it in there as it is. And I mean, if someone wants to get upset about that, then, you know, I, there's nothing I can do about it. I, 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 I'm very grateful that I don't get a whole lot of reader hate mail. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never had that issue. And, and I think, you know, if someone were to ask me about something I may have written about the administration, I would just say, well, you know, if it's if it's incorrect or if it's not factual, I'd like I'll have that debate. But you know, I'm pretty sure it probably is. So yeah, yeah, you, yeah you I don't seem know, like I'm a guy that does his research. Not sure I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, so and actually, this is the, the the weird thing about this. It does seem like the the I guess the DOD reporter pool is more kind of traditional reporter um, than perhaps the you know the people going to the White House uh, press briefings. Do y'all, I mean, uh, the defense cats, do y'all interact with the, the, like, the White House pool or anything like that? The White House reporters? Yeah, the, the reporters, yeah. So, I think in this era, like, you know, Obama and Trump, and that I've been working as a defense reporter, probably more so. I, I can't speak for my colleagues during the, you know, Bush years or, right. or the Clinton years, but uh, I, I think, obviously, there's been a lot more... Uh, stuff coming out of the White House in the last, you know, eight to ten years that has been defense oriented just because of all the conflicts we've been in and, and you know, the various things that have been happening. So, right. um, de I definitely have, you know, very good relationships at my job with my, uh, my political guys, uh, in the sense of, you know, if there's anything coming out that is above kind of the Pentagon where the Pentagon passes me off to the White House, there's a lot of opportunities there. So a lot of, a lot of times it'll happen showing you guys kind of how the sausage is made, as it were, uh, a lot of times what will happen is, you know, the Pentagon will pass you on to somebody. You mm -hmm. call them about a story about the parade, for example, trying to figure out something about the tank. Well, they'll be like, okay, well, that's an Army question. you got to go talk to the Army. Here's the Army guy. 
Uh, a lot of times nowadays, what they'll do is, you know, if there's something going on, they'll pass you on to the White House. And the White House has a whole office where they kind of handle, uh, you know, defense and national security issues. So a lot of times there's like a lot of crossover. But, you know, am I talking to, you know, some of the famous guys you see in the White House press briefings? No, probably not. <laughs> well, like, I mean, do you ever, uh, the, does the DOD press pool hang out, uh, have cocktails and talk about just how crazy the, the White House press pool is? Like, God, they're always upset about everything. Why can't you just report the facts? <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, uh, I don't really think there's a whole lot of overlap with the press corps, to be honest. I, I think it's just such a different ball game. You know, some, we get in our little lanes yeah. as reporters, and sometimes it's just something that we're, we're kind of around the same folks all the time. So, ah, uh, yeah, to be honest with you, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of folks hanging out with the, the politics side of things. I'm sure it happens, but, uh, no, I mean, I'm mostly hanging out with other defense reporters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's enough to keep you busy. I mean, you know, we talked about how there was a, a lull in um, Pentagon uh, press conferences, but it's not like you guys are just sitting around waiting for the Pentagon to call. Oh, did we ever finish that answer? Uh, you're talking about, uh, so you started answering and we kind of riffed it. Uh, did we ever answer what the Pentagon and what the press could do, uh, both of them could do to kind of better the relationship? Did we answer no, that I question? I mean, I don't know. We probably got on a, to a little bit of the topic, but yeah, I am, I'm actually curious to know what you think, what you think we could do better. Um, and let's, let's take it, take, take the, the press conferences thing aside for now. I mean, like you said, there's no shortage of people, of PAOs, um, to, uh, to communicate with. Um, so w- what is the criticism? Is it, is it the, um, the, just the lack of press conferences or is there something else that, that, um, you know, could improve, uh, the relationship with the media or, or, or I should say, is do you think it's actually going pretty well? And from your perspective? Oh wow, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, I would say it's it's a really mixed bag. It's it's super hard to say. I wish X would change because depending on the story, it could be completely different. I'll give you an example of the, the David Bellavia Medal of Honor story I was telling you guys about. I got unfettered access to him. It was excellent. I mean, they gave me a sit down interview. The folks at his uh, PAO office, they threw him to in New York, where he's from gave me like a 30-minute phone call a couple days after the uh, the Medal of Honor ceremony. I mean, they really have been excellent in the in the amount of access that they, they were giving me on that story. Mm-hmm. So in that case, you know, there's really not much you could ask for. They were very, very generous with his time. Um, now, I'm sure some of my colleagues, you know, who are at the Pentagon more often than I am, uh, probably have their own things that they'd like to see changed. Um but, you know, to be honest with you, it really depends on who you're talking to. I think at yeah. the end of the day, you need to just have these good relationships with the people from the various uh, places. You know, every time I call uh, each command for a story that might be relevant to that command, you know, it depends on who I'm getting, you know, uh, depending on how things will go. But, you know, any any reporter is not going to let a situation get in their way if you're, if you're, a, if you're a good guy and you've been doing the job uh, or girl, you've been doing the job long enough. You'll figure out a way, man. You know, you'll yeah. figure out a way to get what you need. Well, that's what I learned from April O'Neil, my press hero. Oh, is that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reference? Goddamn right it nice. is. That, that was inevitable at some point. <laughs> um, you know, but it, re- it reminds me of a uh, of a story a, a buddy of mine told me. He was uh, PAO back in the, way back in the day at uh, Paris Island uh, mm. for the Marines. And uh, so he had a relationship with the press and... Um, you know, he would kind of like make little deals with uh, with the reporters, like, "Hey, uh, you know, we got the the commandant, uh, the the birthday of the Marine Corps coming up, and we want you to cover it. It's a good good news story for the Marines, and uh, if you do that for me, then um, you know, when some recruit goes AWOL from Paris Island, I'll feed it to you. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay. And, you know, it could be yours to have. You ever have something like that happen? Uh, a little back and forth. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, not to put you on the spot, Russ, but I just have to imagine that that kind of thing goes on because it just makes good sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's. I don't know. If if, I, if it were me, I'd be doing that. I guess I should say that. But. Answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put it this way, guys. You know, uh, like I said before, you know, you always you find a way. You find yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that, that's good, and that's fair. Uh, it, it, we wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the American free press right there. It's just life. <laughs> yeah, we love it. We love it. So okay, so what about you guys? What what uh, maybe we should be answering this one, but I don't know. What do you think, Russ? What about the the press and uh, 
how, what ways uh, to improve the relationship with the military? Um, Can the press do? You know, and I'm thinking more along the lines of uh, like non-traditional means, kind of like you know, you and I having this conversation and uh, buying a birthday cake on someone's birthday. <laughs> oh no, not that. okay, never mind, never. It <laughs> would make me feel better. I mean, birthday cake would be nice. I'm just, I did not get a call out from the Washington Examiner on my birthday. I'm just saying. You know, neither did I. Yeah, that's bullshit. Um, but what do you think? You know, things like uh, social media is that changing the way that you are relating with uh, the military, or, or not? Not just the military. But, you know, you're. you're you being somebody in the press covering the subject matter, does the uh, social media change the way that that's happening? Oh man, absolutely. I, I think it's an absolute game changer. I mean, I, I wasn't around uh, in the journalism business before social media. I was oh, fortunate yeah, yeah. enough to start my career when it was available. But you know, uh, well, Jimmy, just an example. You know, I mean, I found you more or less through social media, and. You know, I don't know any other time in the history of the United States military where I could, you know, if I'm working on a story and I'm, and I'm desperate in Washington, D.C. for a commentary from a, you know, a, a sitting uh, naval officer, you know, how, how, what other time in history could I have uh, been able to do that in, in less than a day? I mean, it's a pretty difficult uh, thing to do. So I think, the, the, the just to go back to the original question here, um, yeah, I mean, social media has totally changed the game in the way you can make relationships with guys who are, you know, either serving, reserves, or are veterans. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's so, I think what really could be better, and, and at least one thing that I'm, I'm trying to do, I mean, I can't speak for everybody else, but one thing that I try to do is I'm trying to really get more down to the, the troop level. You know what I mean? Trying to, trying to get the understanding and the perspective of a serving or, you know, veteran, uh, service member i think is like a really interesting thing that not as many of my colleagues do i mean now obviously there's exceptions there but i think we could definitely stand to see more stories from a more low level uh you know because i mean as you know you guys probably know the civilian military divide is what everybody's talking about right now and uh you know it, it is a problem that civilians don't understand uh, what it is like to be in the military or what the life in the military is like. So that's right. one thing that I've been trying to alleviate yeah. at least. Well, you know, it's what do they say? Less than 1% of the, uh, the American population is serving or has, no, not has served because that would be bigger. But, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a very, very small minority that uh, is in the military. Um, and what I would say, you know, you mentioned reaching out to me and just using social media. And I think one of the points I would make is that that you you don't even have to to reach out to with social media you don't even have to make contact with those sailors and soldiers that you want to use for your stories you just watch them you just watch you can just observe i mean you can just get on twitter and just see what people are saying and that's what i think i've been trying to do in my communications and kind of this blog and this whole thing is trying to be active in the process and that's what i like about the the voices from the fleet you know just yeah. like yeah it's like i'm bringing i'm bringing you know, it's it's not going to be so vanilla that nobody wants to read it, <laughs> but uh, it's not going to be so controversial that I'm going to get fired. At right. least not today, <laughs> um, not yet. But you know, the idea is that we we can be an active voice in this process because, like it or not, it's going to happen. You know, we 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 are going to be observed, and my sailors on my ship are, are going to be online. They're going to be on social media, and reporters like Russ are going to be there to observe them and then use that as. And I'm not saying that in any, any way it's malicious. It's just that that's going to happen. It's well, just you know, that's what, you know, Russ was talking about trying to get to, to you know, a, a, a lower ranking officer, more of the, the kind of... The deck uh, the deck plate level. Yeah. That's the, a, some more jargon for you. Joe, thank you. Joe Everyman is what I was going to say. But, but you know, uh, and uh, Jimmy actually does the same thing in his salty persona uh, on the, um, what's the blog? Not ours, the, the proceedings... Oh, the Naval Institute. Blog. Na- yeah, Naval Institute. So sometimes these uh, young guys write articles and they just get excoriated in the comments. And then Jimmy goes out and trolls the the commenters as the salty millennial, just to uh, I don't know, get people to to think more and also maybe to put down the torches a little bit and let let the kid breathe. You know, the comment section in the Naval Institute blog is as bad. It's, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's about as bad as it gets. <laughs> I mean, awesome. I'm serious. Not not lying. It's it's a, it's as bad as anything you see on Reddit. Oh, it's wonderful. Or 4chan. I mean, it's just because it's just it's just salty ass veterans. I, I don't think it's as racist as 4chan. Okay, I'm, you're right. <laughs> it, it's somewhat moderated, but I mean, you just get anytime you are. A, a nineteen to twenty-two year old. They they just they they just they they've had enough. They want to bulldoze you. They're just <laughs> yeah. like fuck you, kid. We're not hearing this. Yeah, 
And so it, it is, and I think it's a worthwhile perspective because there's a lot of, um, you know, obviously when you talk about the overall uh, game plan, the management and things like this of the military branches, like, yeah, I don't really care what a 20 year old has to say about the overall umbrella about things, but to get the idea of what it's like on the ground. What's what they're thinking. Well, yeah, just like what's like the people who are executing these ideas. Like, yeah. you do need to talk to the. You, it's a good sample. It is. Because, like, I mean, that's, you know, all these movies that came out of the Vietnam era, you know, were just like, oh, it's hell. I'm going to do a bunch of heroin and all this other stuff. And, and I mean,. Yeah, that's kind of what it was like on the ground. Do a bunch of heroin, fucking just make deep and make do, you know? Yeah, and it, it's my impression that it just took a long time for that feedback to circle through the system. And what we have now is a sort of like a real-time feedback. And now, not that we need to listen to every single voice of every single ensign or midshipman or, um, you know, uh, seaman recruit that just showed up to the of fleet. Course, of you course, know, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's not to say that you don't discount their point of view. Right. You just don't necessarily... Uh, regard it with the same weight of a doctoral thesis or a president's speech. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? So you, everybody has to, that's what social media has done. It's given everybody a voice, uh, a soapbox. All right, we had a horrible crash. Uh, it was pretty much Jimmy's fault. Totally, totally no. Jimmy's fault. And no, uh, no, but we're was t- the Chinese, they're, they're, they hacked Ooh, us. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so the Chinese hacked us and the Russians helped. And that's why we're taking offline. Yep. Uh, but we're talking about social media and the way that affects uh, communication. Wait, is it because I'm in the Navy that you said that it was my fault that we crashed? Ooh, I didn't even catch that. I did yeah. that by accident, but that's hilarious. Yeah, the Navy always crashes. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. Didn't y'all... Yeah, what was the newest crash? Y'all crashed, like, in port again? Oh, the uh, the LCS. Yeah. What'd you do? But, you know, there's a pilot on board for that one. I just don't understand how it keeps happening. The, what, the crashes or the LCS? Because the- they're both... I mean, Russ, we're giving you a lot of fodder here, by the way. There's there's a there's storylines. I just every time there's a thing about the somebody in the Navy crashing another ship into another ship or anything, it's just like how does this keep happening? I feel like these are the one people that should not wreck in port. I don't know. Well, <laughs> in port? I mean that you just put a big caveat on that. What, so. Well what the the latest one was in yes, port. Yes, it was. That's I mean like outside of port, fine. It's like hitting a, a part cop car. Well that's what I'm saying. You keep hitting wreck Cop cars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what to tell you, Frank. You know, you're just gonna have to join up or shut up. <laughs> so, we'll be a pilot, uh, Russ. That's yeah, that's all off the record, by the way. <laughs> uh, no worry. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna defend or or denigrate LCS, um, and everybody knows how I feel about the collision. So, what's LCS? Littoral combat ship. Oh, the the shitty ships. No, it's, I, it's, the, the the small it, ships. Yeah. The, okay. Well, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So we are wrapping it up uh, because um, we're afraid uh, there's going to be the, another the Chinese, Chinese hack, attack. Hacked yeah. us. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, Russ, did we? Um, did I forget to to uh, mention anything that you wanted to to uh, cover today? Um, you. It, Anything with uh, your current work or future work, perhaps, that you want to put out there? I mean, it's up to you if you want to uh, give any spoilers on some uh, stories coming up. Uh, no, not nothing that I want to plug just yet. But, uh, okay. you know, if your Let's listeners see. are interested in uh, reading more of my stuff, I, I'd encourage them to check out our website, WashingtonExaminer.com. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we, we have a very good defense team over there, myself and a, a couple others and. Yeah, we, we try to cover everything that we can, so uh, yeah. definitely would just say keep an eye out. We got some good stuff in the hopper. And then how can we find you on uh, social media? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so on Twitter, um, I'm so embarrassed, but this is my handle. It's Russ Can Read. This is my Russ favorite thing about you, man. This is my favorite thing about you. I love this Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> It was a it was a bad joke from a from a, a very younger man. No, nope, it's a day, wonderful but. joke. This is great. Okay. So so whenever I get like a reader who doesn't like me, it's always like I just Russ can't read. No, oh. Oh. <laughs> God, yeah, so like I've never heard that one. I've been on Twitter for like ten years. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, so that's that's the best way to find me is Twitter, and um, you know, and then uh, other than that, that's actually the only professional twitter uh, social media i have believe it or not hey wait real quick probably all you need before we go though how did you find jimmy oh man okay so oh this is such a funny story uh so i'm i'm doing this piece right on on this uh rather uh interesting comment from the the 
Rich Man Master Stri- Chief. At, at clap the like you at a strip club. Yeah, right. That that one. And so, um, you know, it just needed a little bit of color. And I was just like, oh, man, I, I should get like a sailor. You know, I should get a sailor to talk about this. And I, knowing that it was, you know, going to be an interesting uh, article, I, I just kind of shot around the Internet. And uh, the Salty Herald comes out of nowhere. And I'm yeah. like, oh, man, this this guy's hilarious. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this stuff and I'm like, Oh, he must be a veteran because I was like, "This is too, uh, this is too funny." For this is too stupid for yeah. active duty. There's no way yeah, I, I, active I, I duty just, would be too I, I stupid like, to say any of this. Oh no, it was it was it was great stuff, and I just remember I, I read Jimmy's take on the whole thing, and uh, which is great. I recommend everybody taking a look at it. And um, yeah, I think we, I think I found his Twitter. I, I don't know, Jimmy. What did I, I think I found out you were Simsec, and then I was like, okay, I'll just email him at this. It was crazy. Yeah, no, no, you totally snooped me, man, because I got an email first, and I don't put my... I think you might have even gotten my actual email address. I got to look back and see. What kind of stalker-ass stalker yeah, are you? No, How did no. you find his email address? Oh, man, I, I pride myself on that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, respect, and I'm not even going to... Don't even need to expose your methods, because I do remember you gave me an email to my actual email address, and I was like, oh, shit. I mean, he's <laughs> he's done his research, so um no yeah that's uh that was all good i enjoyed working with you and uh, that that led to this and um i was in vegas and all that communication was happening i was like i don't even know what's going on right now there's reporters and yeah other things vegas <laughs> that well that's another that's a story for another time yeah. I think. but uh okay russ it has been an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on uh aboard uh salt, salt force, force one, one. Um, we'll send you an honorary uh, badge. When I we... actually do want to make pens. I think we should yeah. make pens. We'll, we'll, we'll make them in a few years, and then you'll get one in the mail. <laughs> um, okay. Hey, so so for our listeners that are still with us, um, follow us at uh, Salty Herald uh, on Twitter, and uh, you know you got the website saltyherald.com. And we're on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, or whatever they call now podcasts, and fucking. Uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, yeah. I don't know, everything. We're on yeah. everything. SaltForce1.com. Salt <laughs> we're on everything. We're pretty much... We just uh, want on things. Go find yeah. us. It's it's uh, we, we, This is what we do with our lives. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on Salty Millennial on uh, Facebook. So there you um, go. give us a shot, you know. It's good. Um, we like us, so we think you oh, will too. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're not going to give us a five-star review, then don't just review. stay away. Just die. It's yeah. fine. Okay, so we're done. Um, Russ, again, thank you. Let's talk soon. Um, and uh, good luck with everything at the uh, Washington Examiner. Uh, with that, keep it salty. All right. <laughs>